This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 244, sponsored by DCBS and listeners like you. And we're live from San Diego. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 244. You might notice it sounds a little different. We might sound a little little husky, and that's because we are live from the San Diego Comic-Con, well, our hotel room either way. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with... Hello, Ron Richards. <laughs> Just to say my name. I pointed at you. We don't ever get to do that. This is what happens when there's no script. Yeah. I'm Connor Kilpatrick, and we are... Recording in in our hotel room, so that means if this is your first show, this is going to be a weird one. We don't have our normal equipment. We are on the road. We apologize. Yes, it'll be a shorter show, and we're all our voices are strained, and we're mid San Diego. So, but if you're lucky, we, we might start talking about GI Joe and get loopy. That's what happens in these shows. Yeah. So if you're new to the show, you can listen to last week's show, then you have a better idea what the show's normally like. Yep. Or tune in next week. Anyway, yes. so this week, Connor, you had the pick. Uh, we're going to warn you that we're going to talk about what happens in the books. So we might spoil them, so deal with it. Yeah, well, this is a review show. We talk about the week's books. Yeah. We talk about the, the we, we all read our books. We pick the best one. We don't have the script, so we're gonna. We did this. You think we know this by heart by now? Two hundred forty-four times. I do. I know exactly what's going on. At iFanboy, we we like comics. We read comics every week. We, pick, we read comics. One of us picks the best comic they read, writes the review about it, and we talk about it here in the show as long as well as the other books of the week. And that's what we do. Spoilers coming. If you haven't read your books yet, pause the show. Come back later. I had to pick. It was hard because. There's a lot of books this week, and I thought a lot of good ones, a lot of fun ones. Um, but in the end, I chose Brightest Day number six, which is the bi-weekly series from DC Comics, Jeff Johns, Peter Tomasi writing, a whole stable of artists doing the art. And um, I like this book a lot. I know a lot of people don't, but I, I mean, like it. It's borderline countdown receiving, like the same kind of I wouldn't know. I don't say that. I think that it's I very like, split. I think there's people yeah. that really like it, people don't. Um, 
it's it's hard because every time DC does one of these stories, these these weekly or biweekly stories, people complain about the format and the form. And every time we have to, or people have to reiterate, this is not plotted or written like a monthly book. It, it unveils itself slower. There's more they can do because they've got more pages and they've got to tell it in a different way. And you've got a 26-part story that's going to be in arcs. And I like that. I like that every two weeks we get these different stories of these different characters. Now, not every story is compelling. And I think the reason, one of the reasons why this was the pick of the week is because the Hawkman and Hawkgirl story, which I don't find interesting at all, wasn't in this at all. Yeah, I noticed and, that, actually. And the more interesting ones, I think, are... Or, and this, the Firestorm one is actually becoming really interesting. I like... The, the main... The, the format of this book is you get really one main story that's like the A plot, and you get a bunch of so, the B plots. <laughs> and the whole, whole, the whole plot of Brightest Day is following the characters that came back during Blackest Night, and why they're back, they don't know. And this one, Martian Manhunter, is the main story as he investigates some murders, and at the same time finds out that he kills things. Not people or animals, but he kills foliage... There's a great panel of him walking through the grass with the, the dead fo- the footprints of the dead grass yeah. under him. He doesn't and he doesn't know why. And he goes to Oracle for help and he goes to Teen Titans for help. And I like that. I like when they when people who don't normally interact like they don't normally see a John Jones in the Batcave talking to Oracle scene. And I like I like seeing unusual pairings like that. Yeah. And the Firestorm one is actually turning out to be really interesting. It's because it, when Firestorm when the old Firestorm was a Black Lantern during Blackest Night, he killed the new Firestorm's girlfriend. So. And now they're pushed together into one, and that's not really a happy relationship because obviously he doesn't like the old Firestorm because he murders whoever. And the art in that segment was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. The art, this guy, this, and they don't tell you who does what scenes. It drives me crazy. I know, I can't but stand that. Whoever this guy is, he is great. Yeah. This was, this was some good stuff. Is it Joe Prado? That's my guess because Ivan yeah. Reese does the Aquaman stuff, and it looks like Peter Gleason's doing the Marshall Manor stuff. Patrick Gleason's doing the Marshall Manor stuff. Uh, it's just process of elimination. It's either Scott Clark or Joe Prado. Yeah. I think it's Scott Clark. I think Joe Prado's doing the. Um, the other story, the uh, Dead Man story. Yeah. But uh, I, I like this a lot. Um, and I think if you don't like the characters and you're not interested, then you're not going to like it. And that's just, that's, I mean, that's that's what it is. People say they don't like, they don't like the characters and they shouldn't read the I story. mean, it looks as if the main thrust of this is that they're, they're the mystery, that there's a cost to the people who are resurrected. Yeah, it's not and, just happy fun time. Yeah, exactly. And like, when what they're <laughs> dealing with and the, being Black Lantern seems to have affected them in some way, some negative way yeah. in terms of, you know, death related Throwing up black on people, or yeah, yeah. That's, that's gonna wreck a party. I also like time. there's the there's a John Z and retcon right in the middle with the, with well, Aquaman where Mera reveals that she was originally sent to kill him yep. from a rival city, in, uh, in a, a rival underwater city, and but she fell in love with him and and uh, didn't kill him, but instead had her baby killed. But there's a just John's will do that. He, he decides he needs to do the story, and he very deftly says what you thought was real was not real, yeah. and. Uh, this contained all the classic elements I like about this book, and this is the best issue I thought of. And big cliffhanger at the end with the lady marsh manager getting yeah. um, rocked. And, well, he goes to her for help, and yeah. so clearly something's going on with the white land, white white um, the white Martians, I think. But yeah, uh, it's a lot, a lot of white power stuff. There's a lot. It's just there's a lot, and my voice hurts. But um, it's it's just I thought this was just a really strong issue, and it was and it was strong because. Right up until I read Brightest Day, number six was Thunderbolts. Number one forty six was going to be the pick of the week. Uh, yeah, I thought this was going to. I thought you were going to go with this. And I remember just recently, like however many two or three issues ago, Ron, you'd picked it. So yeah, no, this is this has been great. Parker's kicking ass. On it's us. funny because I, this is the one Avengers quote unquote Avengers book that I wasn't going to get. Yeah. And I th- I don't remember why. I think it might have been someone, maybe even you, raving about it before the pick of the week that made me get it. And I'm so glad because these two, two, there's been three issues, and two of them have been really, really great. Yep. And this is one of them, I think. This is this feels this feels very classic, classic Marvel. It's great. I mean, and Kev Walker's art. I mean, that was the thing that really really marvelled with yeah. when, the, when the when this new take started, and it's 
just continues to be awesome and just like telling great story, but you know, while also having you know great characters and dynamic action and you know this is kind of the the team gets goes out into the field and on a case and things go to hell and really well the, the other part about it that makes it what I think when you talk about classic Marvel is that they're tying in a bunch of hey you've got all these characters from disparate worlds more or less you know the like Crossbones is is a Captain America you got Man Thing you got. You know, Luke Cage, you got Juggernaut from the X-Men, you got all that stuff going on, and then they're going into a cave with irradiated Terrigen crystals, which yeah. is from the Inhumans and Fantastic Four, and so you're just taking, they're like, well, let me take all these little bits of Marvel and put them together in a new way, and they, they show, because <clears throat> if you don't know how the Inhumans work, when Inhumans hit uh, adolescence, they are exposed to the Terrigen mists, and that unlocks their mutation, and they can go any way, one way or the other, and in this... They find this cave full of the crystals that cause those, and they they had sent in a couple of teams to retrieve them and, and, and figure it out. Shielded. Yeah, uh, and it was two teams that had gone in, and yeah. then they sent in the Thunderbolts to figure out what happened to those teams and to finish the job they started. And of course, it didn't work out. Well, they, things, they, things they, went they, very badly. The crystals were irradiated by pollution or something. There was something underneath them that uranium. Uranium caused yeah. them to, to to. So it was yeah, that was fun. And then you know, like you had like really good moments with uh, Moonstone and and sort of her talking to the team and talking about how Luke Cage actually is and her saying, he's a hero. What do you think, you're a hero now? No, but I know them when I, you know, like that kind of stuff. And Ghost saying, you know, taking over Abe's suit and just a lot of really fun, big ideas and, you know, there's monsters and, and mutated things all over the place. It's a wonderful, wonderful issue. Five stars, easy. I know it's, it's sort of cliche to, like to say, but it's, it's, this is kind of Hellboy-ish. A little bit, yeah. It even looks that way. Yeah, yeah. the art does. I mean, you got you got this team, Actually, or BPRD ish, I guess. And look at say. the and look at the giant thing. Yeah, he Luke does Cage's look like hand. Hellboy. Well, yeah, that's that big that big gauntlet, the informational thing that's only in this book. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. Well, Luke um, Cage is one of those things like Spider Man a few years ago. Where you're like, I don't, I don't think you have time for this. Yeah, no. Well, I'll get to that later when we talk about Avengers. But let um, it go. But uh, on the last page of uh, uh, last page is a great full page of Man Thing, Crossbones, and Mach Five. Yeah, but yeah. why is Man Thing all? Because he's I, ready he, to fight. He's ready to. But go. he was despondent the entire time, and all of a sudden he's yeah. in his pose, and he's like he's got a gun, but he's not. He's ready to go. Uh, and that's yeah, Ghost as as Abe. Yeah. But yeah, that's a classic Marvel ending. Uh, fun stuff. Really, really fun issue. Just just all sorts of good. Now, Ron, Ron, where do we begin with Amazing Spider-Man six thirty-eight? You mean the the atrocity to the entire to the blight on the entire comic book industry? One, one moment in time, the first part where we're going to find out what happened to Peter and Mary Jane. Why didn't they get married? And yeah, we're so, going to return to one more day. Yeah, so when one more day happened, it flashes back to the moment where Mary Jane makes the deal with Mephisto, saying that you know, let him be happy, and you know, you can have our love. And it goes back, and then it snaps back to what is now. Where for some reason Mary Jane has decided to visit Peter and decide to talk about what happened, why they didn't get married. And that section drawn by Joe Casada, and yep. you've got a Peter Parker looking a lot like Joe Casada. You got Casada uh, just well, Casada's art. You could tell he's out of practice. I mean, it's tough because some stuff looked really good, but then there's a lot of inconsistency in the faces, yep. and everybody's a lot rounder than they are yep. than they've been previously been drawn and that sort of thing. But um, but I mean, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't you know. So yeah. they they have a bottle of wine to discuss why they yeah. didn't get married. We flashed. I, I did the, the, the other thing I did I did like was it flashed back to that mar- the wedding issue. Yeah, and they weaved that in really well. I yeah, thought. I mean it was an interesting. It was like a, it was a it was a remix between um, Paulo Rivera's art and the original art from that annual where they got married. Yeah. And so you Paul know. Ryan, I think. Uh, Paul Ryan did that art originally, yeah. So you've got, you know, you've got what's going on in that annual, and then um, Rivera comes in with the, with I guess the Lucas 
uh, George Lucas-esque remixing of what happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, really kind of focuses on a, a real throwaway character, just like a thug, yeah. who, um, who Spider-Man stops in a bank heist and tries to get his revenge. And it's, it's almost like the... It's the it's the, like a what if or you know back to the future esque yeah. like one thing changes. And, well, Mephisto you know. shows up as a bird and lets the thug out of the cop car. Yeah. So then he's able to re- first he goes to get revenge on the cop that arrested him. Yeah. And since Spider Man shows up and they there's a chase and the big sort of portly thug falls on Spider Man yep. in the alley and that's why he misses the marriage because there's he, he misses he, he skips the wedding because he had a fat guy on him. Yeah, pretty much exactly. And even though... That know, happened to me, guys. You know, <laughs> that, yeah. Don't joke! You, th- you might think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, it was... It was I mean, the, uh, Rivera's art is beautiful. Yeah, it's I fantastic. I, I give, give him a whole... Give, let him do a run or an arc on Spider-Man. It would be great. But this is just classic. Like, this doesn't need to be told. Like... It's, it's it, weird that they yeah. felt the need to do that. Because yeah. I, as far as I understood... Things were going pretty well. Things have been going great, and and I the one thing I do got to admit is that it, it was kind of fun to see him in the black costume yeah. more so than a couple of years ago when they brought it back yeah. because it felt like at that time, you know. And I forgot like all the times where he'd take the mask off and then just the, you know sitting on the couch with the with the black costume on. Shot at Peter and his tidy whiteies there. I could have yeah. done with that, but um, um, I think this this is going. This is two one of two things. One, um, they just feel like they can do anything at this point. Yeah, and sort of sort of a, sort of a, not an fu to the fans, but sort of a poking you know finger yeah. in your eye kind of thing. Or they're just they're getting ready to re, to re, 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 revisit the whole thing and just well yeah that's the yeah that's, it, there, there have been some rumors that they're gonna go back and undo it and take it back to them being married and yeah but but why that's, you went through the whole thing you had the birthing pains already and things have been going great yeah uh, I I mean I assume that things are gonna change well you somehow. you can you can say it's because they get the best of both worlds they get to have all the rigmarole and the sales mm-hmm. the first time yeah. around and they get to redo it again yeah we don't know that for sure though no, we this, don't know this is my speculation just from reading it yeah. this is how it reads but I could be totally wrong I, I, I hope I'm wrong because I'll be stopping dropping Spider-Man but it was yeah and this is it was written by Quesada and, and it just it wasn't as it, it was, it's been it's a tough uh, gear shift change between Joe Kelly and all the other guys that have yeah. been doing great on the book in this it was, so. it was a couple of clunkers yeah I don't know I mean, he's, he doesn't have time. I mean, it, kind of, it, can, it shows, I think, a little bit. But Rivera's art, oh, man, he's great. Yeah. He's really good. Really, really good. Um, so Boom, uh, Boom Studios put out uh, a... They're putting out an anthology series with stories centered around uh, the legendary uh, club CBGB in New York City. And the first issue came out <clears throat> uh, with two stories. The first one by Kieran Gillen and Mark Ellerby. And the second one written by Sam Humphreys with art by Rob G. Um, and this is great. This is fun. I mean, like, if you like music... Very similar to the, you know, Gillen's doing his, you know, music journalist in comics pages type thing. is a great history of CBGBs and why it was important and, and how um, it affected the punk scene in the 70s. Um, Ellery's art was a lot of fun. Uh, I really like his cartooning. And and, um, uh, and then the, the backup story wasn't as strong. It was about a, a couple of kids whose uncle was, you know, in a band, a, a band that didn't quite make it. But um, that had played at CBGBs, and they kind of find out about it, and um, you know, and it's just—I it, mean, they're neat little slice of life of you know, with the club being centered around it. Um, but yeah, but it, this is a blast. I can't wait for more of these issues to come out. It just seems so much fun. You, so. you spent time at CBGBs. Yes, I did. Authentic. Um, here and there. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Mark Ellerby. I, I don't know if he's ever been or not, but there's a there's one shot of like an overhead view of the 
of the club where you see the bar and where people stand and the and the stage and stuff. And then he's got a couple of pinball machines. There are no pinball machines there. There were never <laughs> there were never pinball machines there. <laughs> Definitely not when I was there. Um, but you know, but whatever you know, they're pulling off of photos and they're pulling off of things that they've uh, they've read. And actually, got to talk to Kieran Gillen here at San Diego Comic Con about it. And we were laughing about that because he had never been either. And so he, you know, he's talking about the origins. I was telling him about the the in CBS. You walk past the stage and go downstairs to go to the bathrooms, and the bathrooms were just painted in black. The toilets were painted in black. No doors on the stalls. No men or women. Just open two toilets, and it was very dirty. So, and, um, <laughs> Did you ever have to go badly enough to use that? I peed. Stories? I peed once. That was it. So, so you, what are you saying here on the show? I want to. You've never pooped at CBGBs. I never pooped at CBGBs. I did pee in it though. So, but anyway, but it was fun. This is gonna be a fun little series. It'll be a great trade. It comes out great, great, great cover by um, Jamie uh, Jaime Hernandez. Um, yeah. Really, really good. So, yeah, good, yeah. So, good times. Uh, a lot of Avengers books this week. Well, two. A lot of Avengers well, books. Well, it's got Thunderbolts. Oh yeah. And then there was two Ultimate Avengers books that came out. True. Yeah, there, yeah, was, yeah. there was five Avengers yeah. books this week. So Avengers number three came out and new Avengers number two. Um, and I know Josh is going to rail me about this, but Spider-Man being in both teams, I'm not not working, especially when he makes references to the other team in one book. We're he's going, on both teams? He's on both teams. and in, yeah, and in re- like railing you about that. I, I agree. Yeah. And in regular Avengers, he goes, oh, why didn't I go with Luke's team? But you are with Luke's team in this one. It's you know. Wait, the same guy's writing them, though. Exactly. So and that's well, why. Well, because yeah. I, I think still the this, the first arc in New Avengers isn't the actual team. It's the thing that they're still. I mean, this is sort of like they were having dinner and they had a, yeah. the, at the mansion and it got attacked. And there's people from all. Yeah. You know. That said, some of the dialogue between Spider-Man and Wolverine in New Avengers is some of the best uh, banter dialogue I've read in a while. These, there, there these, was, these books are both great. I think. Yeah. Um, I you know I was a little weary, weary because the first arc of New Avengers is all about. Uh, Do- Brother Voodoo, or Doctor Voodoo, and and Dormammu, and or whoever. And yeah, Dormammu. I'm not really into that yeah. aspect of the Marvel universe so much, but I enjoyed them both. Yeah, they were yeah. Really well, I think I think that for me, the the real reason that I'm stuck in this book is I think is Eminent. Eminent's yeah. art's uh, great in this. Yeah. It's fantastic, and in this one, he really got to show off because you had a giant rampaging Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember why he was giant, and I don't really care. Because he was possessed. He was possessed yeah, by the spirit. Yeah. That and that made him the... giant. Yeah. 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 Either way, I really liked that part of it. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and and really. Eminent stuff just keeps looking better and better and better and better. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what it is about it. Um, well, I, I got I, the other ones. So. I gotta say, second issue in, they already destroyed the mansion again. <laughs> I mean, come on. But um, no, it was good. And that, like I said, that Spider-Man dialogue about him watching the baby, it was hysterical. Yeah, so, yeah it was good. But um, I mean, there, was, there was great Spider-Man stuff in the in the Avengers book between him and uh, Spider-Woman hanging out outside. There's too many Spider-People on this team. Yep. He, he just he. He can be in every team for all I care because he writes Spider-Man. Yeah, so no, like, he's entertaining. It's just that when you make a reference about it, it's well, just I think, that's, I think that should that, that yeah. should let you know that your stuff doesn't take it so seriously. Well, no, maybe I want to take it seriously. Well, it's that's, my choice. That's what he's letting you know. It's that's my choice. It's actually, I mean, it's your choice to take it seriously, but yeah. that's you should be happy with it or not. <laughs> but I think, it just uh, well, I, I love this. The Avengers is like a big action. Yeah, I mean, there's like Thor like just got to cut loose in this issue and just just. Yeah, and you know, and they're splitting up the team, and then it, it ends at the end with Devil Dinosaur and Kill Raven popping up, which is yeah. an interesting choice. But I, I love time uh, in Avengers three. I love uh, time travel stories and time stream and that sort of stuff. So it's totally you know hitting on that nerve, and yeah, and and Romita's gonna draw Spider Woman with that hair. So we just have to accept that. Just 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 take it, <laughs> take it. Um, DC Legacies number three. Yeah. Came out. I'm still loving this series. This is the this is the history of the DC universe, told through the life of this one dude whose name I never remember. But in this issue, he uh, he hits the Silver Age. So we go from Golden Age, the first couple of issues. Now we're in the Silver Age. 
with the classic art, um, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, um, who is, he, he looks like that old Silver Agey style, you know, guy. I mean, it's very clean. It's very throwback. It's, it's sort of like in that Jerry Ordway school of, of art. Yeah. And, uh, the one thing that's surprising with this issue was there's a lot of him and his, his life and less of the less of the heroes, heroes. <laughs> and it's fun, it's always funny to see how they pick and choose what they tell in the story like in this issue the first appearance of Superman is basically right out of the movie he catches her with the yep. and they even have the dialogue you've got me who's got you yeah um, and it's the old and it's and it's the formation of Justice League but it's the old Justice League the original one with, with Batman and Superman and not the recon, retconned one with uh, Black Canary and not Batman and Superman but whatever yep. this is fun it, this is if you're uh, I said it before when I had made the pick. If you're at all interested in DCU and want to learn about it, the history, this is a perfect book. And Dave Gibbons backup, right? And Dave Gibbons backup. They talked yeah. about the challengers of the unknown. Yeah. Which is great. Nothing wrong with that. They, they, some, they get some really high quality guys on these in art on these books, especially yeah. the backup stuff. Um, right. oh, go ahead. As I said, I'd probably take a pause and thank uh, Discount Complex Service for sponsoring this episode. Yes. Go to dcbservice.com and do all your mail order for mail order needs for all of your comic books. You can order anything in previews. They've got specials of up to 70% off. They've normally got everything discounted to 45% off. Um, they've got great flat rate shipping. And uh, if you go to dcbservice.com, you can sign up to get, uh, they'll ship your books to you weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whenever you want. So, so uh, go to DCB Service, and we thank them for sponsoring this episode. If you do not have a wonderful store, it is yeah. a wonderful way to get everything you need. Because we hear all the time, oh, my store doesn't carry that. Well, fix that. Get yeah. what you want. Connor, did you read G.I. Joe Cobra 6? Yes, and it was, it was creepy. It was, I, I gotta say, again, uh, it takes a set of balls to go, alright, I'm gonna bring in Go- Cobra La, Galobulus, and Serpentor into the world that was set up in the previous issues of G.I. Joe Cobra. Yeah. It takes, it's ballsy. It takes giant serpentine balls. Yeah, that uh, work. It was a really odd issue. I, I'm not gonna tell you that I really liked it, but I was kind of impressed by its it, what it was trying to do. I think it was mostly successful. Yeah. What you've got is this story of a journalist slash ex-journalist slash PI who has been pulled into this, basically this Scientology-like cult, and they're drugging him over and over. So every other page is this, like, cobra religion, spiritual cult-themed legend uh, hallucination thing. And then they come back to the present, and you've got Serpentor, like, trying to brainwash him into being on his team and and it's the issue itself was really hypnotic and like the art style kept changing when he's drugged it gets more painted it's like a painted style yeah it's it's almost like a religious style of art literally Globulus was Globulus (laughs) Um, I think it was good I think I like it Uh, because they're not making what they're doing is they're not making Serpentor like the head of Cobra He's like the spiritual leader of the whole thing, and it's and it, it actually provides a really good reason for how they would have an army of people. Because I've always and one thing I've always when I'm reading, reading comics, why would you join this? Why would you right. do that? Why would you know? Why would you hook up with them? And it, it kind of makes sense how that works. Um, There's a spiritual and the, and the art is kind of funny. The art's hilarious <laughs> because, <laughs> because you've got Serpentor in these in these in these religious poses, these Jesus poses. The, and, and funny, the more I look at it, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Yeah. Uh, does he say this I command at all? I don't believe he does. No. Yeah. But again, Galobulus. Yeah, true. Good point. Yeah. Cobra Law. Yeah. But they say, do they say yeah. la 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 la? Cobra Law is definitely in this. But Cobra Law is like the Shangri La. It's like. Right. Uh, but do they say la 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 no. la? No. But not yet. But give it time. Okay. Yeah, Nemesis Enforcer hasn't shown up either. Oh so. wow, Nemesis Enforcer! Why would why would we you, even? Do you remember how bad the toy was? He had tiny tiny wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good came out of that movie. 
Right. Well, well, this story. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> Love that movie. The story did, I guess. BET. It's it pretty good. Stupid. No, the BET. That's not the movie. Yes, it is. Right, Broadcast it is. energy it is. transmitter. Yeah. But that's not the one with the three pieces. No, that was no, that's the, the Serpentor thing. No, 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 he's talking about the, the, the episode's There's, arc where there was that big main gun and it broke up into three pieces. Oh, right, yeah, that was different. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Storm, those were the three-part. And Storm Shadow yeah. had to fight Spirit. And, yeah. yeah. That was awesome. And then there was the five-part when they were getting all the pieces of Serpentor. The, right, right. That was a good one. That was amazing. That week, remember Sergeant Slaughter did the intros and outros yes. to that? It was, like, was, it was like an event. It why was, was a, Alexander the Great's tomb underwater? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> why? But it was... Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Time to get the tomb and stuff. Yeah. 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 I remember racing home. I can't miss the third part. You know, like... <laughs> It was, a week, it was a week-long event. It was a week-long event. Yeah, it was oh. great. It was, yeah, when are, they don't do that anymore. Jeez. Gene splicing. That's some really yeah. heavy stuff for kids. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. DNA and everything. Yeah. And then Cobra Commander had like issues. He's like, well, wait, I thought I was wait, the boss. Wait, why are we making a new boss? Yeah. I'm a good boss. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Who was in charge? He should have been in charge, right? Yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm in the room. These are lies. They're making a new... Wait, I'm in the room. <laughs> uh, Streets of Gotham. Oh, right. 14. That's me. Um... <laughs> It's funny, I, 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 I kind of, at first I was annoyed, but now I respect the fact that they just shoved Hush down our throats. Yep. Hush is the bad guy in Batman Streets of Gotham, is the bad guy in Batman Beyond, which takes place in the future, but he's still the villain in this book. <laughs> he's just, his nightmare will they never end. Refuse. I and, it, and it's funny, because Paul Dini's actually made him tolerable, but... And he showed up at some point recently, and you liked that too, Yeah, right? because because he's they, Paul Dini's actually done a really good job of making him uh, an interesting villain, but... He doesn't seem to want to write anybody else because all Paul Dini's picture Streets of Gotham has pretty much been about this. Actually, it's the one part of the story not being told. It's, it's, it's why does the world not think Bruce is dead because Hush is well. They have Hush propped up as Bruce. That and is one hell of a cover from Dustin. It's a great again. cover. Jesus, he's fantastic on covers. But um, the uh, they've got the like he's they've got him walking around as Bruce and they got the outsiders you know monitoring him at all times so he doesn't do anything stupid because he tried to give away all Bruce's money in the beginning. Uh huh. Um, and then if we flash back to when... Um, and that's Gwen inside? Yes, that's his style, yeah. too? Jesus. And we flash back to when Thomas met Martha. Oh. And she didn't like him because he was a bit of a ladies' man. Well, it's the pencil thin mustache. And, well, no, that's, that's, that's another... This is... They, they flash back to when Bruce's parents met through Hush's parents because they're neighbors. And also John Zatara is there. So it's like an like old school... Um, Zatara reveals Thomas Wayne is a bit of a drunk. He's got... He's got stuff coming out of his mouth, which Jeez, looks like what is that? It looks like he's spitting up like a baby, but he's oh, not. Or something else. Yeah. Or something <laughs> else. Uh, we had to go there, didn't we? He, um, could, he could not help it. It's just it was a, it was hey, weird. I just Thomas I just, Wayne. Let's take a shot in the mouth. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. You know, Thomas Wayne sounds a lot like Thomas Jane. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Let me draw him a little like that there. All right. This is already. This is for broadcast. Broadcast, smallcast, next book. You gotta give the people what they want. Right. In this case, uh, True Blood is what the people want. I don't know if you've noticed, the show, it's quite popular. popular. Uh, so they decided to do a comic book about it. And I thought, okay, I, I enjoy the show. I enjoy it for its over-the-top attitudes about sexuality. For I, its, its uh, carnival-like atmosphere. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. It's campiness. Yeah. yeah, it is very campy. Um, the comic book... Uh, was plotted by Alan Ball, who's the story, the creator of the show. Yep. And, yes. Yep. Uh, and then, and then, written by Mariah Hanner Huner and David Tishman. David Tishman has worked with Howard Chicken a lot in the past. Yep. It was tedious. <laughs> it was very tedious for several reasons. Um, this is one of those comics that it was really done. It's not for us. Yeah. I, I think in a way it was very. It was almost instructive. 
on how to be reading the comic book because of that. Like, I found it really tiresome. And there was a lot, like, every, they had to, for some reason, it's in one, takes place in one place, it takes place in Merlot's. The, the local bar. The local bar. Uh, it doesn't get any, and every single character shows up. And every time a character shows up, they name the character. Like, which is what you're supposed you to know, do. I don't have a problem with that. It's you, just more no. of the idea that these people wouldn't be going to the bar. Right, but the thing was, every character showed up, so they had to yeah. keep doing it. They yeah. were like, Sam Merlot, what are you doing here? Hello, oh, Sam Compton, Sookie Stack. Like, it was, it was just, there was ways to bury that stuff a little yeah. bit. And then it was, basically, there was a lot of people standing around talking to each other. And then, uh, really, one of the big problems I had was, uh, from the art, art standpoint, the, the characters weren't acting very well. They were well, they're very good likenesses, but we talk about all the time the problem with licensed art is usually it ends up being DVD captures, mm-hmm. and therefore there's no life to it. And we talk about the opposite with Buffy. Yep. How George Jonti keeps the characters looking like the actors enough, but still makes it actual art. Yes, their, their essence, but yeah. cartooning. Here it's here it's just stiff. Yeah. It's 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 just it just looks interesting. Yeah, but it's one of those things where like I, I don't know why everyone is there. But they're in the bar, and there's a guy who's a shadowy guy in the corner, and he turns out to be a big tentacled monster, and then they all sort of take turns yelling at him. <laughs> and that's the issue, and it's just not good. So do you think it's good for True Blood fans who don't read comics, though? No. No? I think no. good comics are good comics are good comics. Yeah. And people will buy it, and I hope that it know, doesn't hope IDW off, is man. successful, but I think it would have been better off to just do really good comics, and, and I, I don't think it was there. All right. So there. What was there, in every possible sense of the word, and also surrounds us completely, um, is The Walking Dead. Issue number 75 came out this week. You may know this as the Aliens issue. It's long ago, Robert Kirkman said, I think I'm going to bring the Aliens in in, in 75. <laughs> it was, aliens were part of The Walking Dead pitch a long time ago, just to get the thing sold, but it was never really a thing. So I read this, and, and I hadn't really heard about what was supposed to happen in it. Connor mentioned, go, yeah, Otley did some art in that one. Yeah. So I get through it, and I was like, that was a really good issue. There was a lot of really good character stuff with Rick, and the normal part of it was good, and the tension is being wrapped up, and all on its own, it's a, just a fine Walking Dead story. And by the way, it keeps hitting me that this is at issue 75. Yeah. Which is crazy, yeah. And, well, that, well, that was the joke. I mean, that was the, what happened was that somebody wrote, wrote in saying, you know, issue 7, like, this is great, but I don't see how you're going to make this last longer. And then Robert goes, oh yeah, well, 75 is when the aliens come, not thinking he'd ever get to issue 75. And so he did. So, yeah. you get to the end of the regular issue, there's a letter page, and so, to anybody who's been reading the issues normally, it ends. That's, that's the end of the issue, in your mind. Read through the letters page. And he talks about it in the letter page. Yeah, so if you skip it, and you flip the page, you go, oh, look, there's more. And on, the, <laughs> and on this, uh, a bright flash comes up, and Rick disappears, and Michonne is, Rick! And then you flip the page, and we are in colored Ryan Otleyville. As Rick wakes up, in a, in a, in like a future. T- it's Fear Agent, basically. Yeah. He wakes up in the Fear Agent world, and he he has a robot hand, and he looks a, and a door goes whoosh, and there's a superhero costume, and he sighs. Well, I'll put that on. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put this on. Well, it's better than a gown. This green and yellow masked uh, outfit. He goes outside. No, he gets dropped out of a chute, like like Luke and Empire. Yeah, <laughs> and there was into a big alien ba- alien zombie battle. And then all of the people who have died so far, including you, follow me, that guy. I don't remember his name. Are there? And then, and then Michonne slices a zombie in half with a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> and then a two-page spread of her head and her spl- explaining everything that's happened. <laughs> it brought us all back. 
We're sorry this had to happen this way. Rick, we need you to help us. Then Michonne gets her head crushed <laughs> yeah. by the governor. Which is great. And then it just says not to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, Robert Kirkman broke the internet. He wins. He totally well, wins. Would this have been a great way to end the series? Yeah, it would have been like great. I would have yeah. loved yeah. that. Well, I just think it's just ballsy because then in the back, the back of the book is all these stills and stuff from the TV show. Yeah. And anybody who's curious about the TV show picks up the comic for the first time and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> totally an inside joke. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. I mean, you can't, like, what's it supposed to be? It's supposed to be a lot of fun. And it was yeah. exactly that. Uh, that I mean, a great final, the final issue. Yeah, he really should have ended it that way. Yeah, it is. It is. It is suspicious timing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I got to like it's ballsy. Like we're gonna do this big inside joke, and like, and the thing is, on its own, just without that bit at all, like, yeah. it's a perfectly fine issue. Sure. It's very. It's a very good issue. It's it's a five star book, uh, but that really was like fun and oddly, you know, oddly. Oh, it was good. Oddly, it's fun. It's good stuff. So that was a very. We fun just heard movie. Josh giggling in the room when we when we were all. He came in and show everyone. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> like, look at this. <laughs> cool. So, so that was the week of comics. There was a lot more, but those were the ones we uh, yeah. to talk about. Exactly. Um, it was good, good stuff. Honestly, it's only been a few days since we read these, but it's, yeah. the con's been so long. I, I was feels like, like weeks. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what happened. Yeah. Days oh, before. San Diego. <laughs> so uh, we want to thank everybody who came out to our events here at the con. Everybody stopped by the booth. It's been great seeing you. Um, we've had a lot of fun. We've been shooting tons of videos, so you want to stay tuned every Wednesday for the next year. Six and a half years. <laughs> Seven so, to nine decades. To see everybody that we've been talking to, we've, we've talked to a ton of awesome people. Um, so definitely going to want to check out on ifanboy.com, revision3.com, slash ifanboy, the video shows um, as they come out over the next couple of weeks. By that sixth year, is going to be really out of date. Yeah, well, it'll be, yeah, it'll be awkward, <laughs> but they're good, they're good, it's good content. Um, so thank you, and uh, if you want to check out more, you go to ifanboy.com. We have all of our weekly content and our writing staff. Paul has been the MVP of the week. He's been all alone in the iFanboy offices. Well, covering. Jim and Tom have helped him. Jim yeah. and Tom have helped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, the thing was that we weren't thinking we shut off the water and power before we left. Yeah. <laughs> and locked him in. Yeah. So. so he's been the MVP, but go check it out. We've got our weekly content. And you can go to iFanboy and make your pull list on the comics page. You can yeah. rate and review your books. Please go do that. If you, if, you, if you want to know what's been going on at the con, go to iFanboy. And at this point, you'll have to scroll back pages. Yep. You have to see what's been going on. There's so much happening. Yep. Uh, here and even a little bit, even a little bit of it has to do with comics. Yeah, it's amazing. We've decided to take a unique, uh, unique thing on the show this year. We're going to talk about comics. Yeah. I know for Comic Con that's a thing, but as you can hear, it's it's you hear Ron's voice. I've never even heard that happen. I know. Yeah, it's it's, it's getting getting strained. So send us an email contact at fanboy.com. Call our voicemail line eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Normally in the show we do email and voicemail, but we're just not prepared. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Next time yeah. everything returns to normal next week. Um, suppose, yeah, assuming no, we, we make it out of this alive. Yeah, we, we still got a couple of days to go. So, All right, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh. Um, Josh! Oh! <laughs>